Hello, and welcome to PhD Paranormal. Where a pair of normal PhDs tell spooky and funny stories from time to time. About the paranormal. Something like that. We never get the introduction right. No, mostly because you mess it up every time. <laughs> that is true. That's because I don't write anything down. <laughs> no, you, you don't. Actually, I write lots of things down. <laughs> They're just all over your desk. <laughs> Little tiny scraps of paper. All over, and then you're hunting for them. Yes, but I'm hunting for them efficiently. Are you? No. So, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! Eve. It's all Hallows Eve, Eve. Yes, but I, I, we decided to record this today so that if you were so inclined that you could listen throughout the weekend yes. to some creepy stories. Um, a few. So our plan is, in this very unstructured way, to tell you some, not some, a few, maybe two, three. I don't know, man. Stories mined <laughs> off the internet. Because our listeners did not send us any. We will shame well, you. Well, you have one. I have one. That's true. I do have a listener story. But we'll, say, don't, don't shame them. I will not shame you. You guys are amazing. We love you. Goodness. Yes. So actually, a word out to our patrons. Um, today is actually a horrifying day because I'm out of Diet Mountain Dew and I have been forced <laughs> to drink Diet Dr. Pepper. Which is still good. No, it is not. Yeah, it is. I do not like it. I know I bought it, but I do not like it. And I am short of quarters to buy a Diet Mountain Dew from our vending machine in the building. Hmm. So if any patrons want to throw some quarters our way, <laughs> we will happily accept them. Um, but yes. Uh, again, Captain, we, Apple Pie, we can we, add. We can add patrons. Yes, if you're listening. Again, quarters. Quarters. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> Two dollars. Loose change. <laughs> Loose change. Um but anyway, we do want to thank our listeners uh, yes. for tuning in on a regular basis. We appreciate having you listen to us. And that is really... Dr. Edwin just got creeped out because our printer likes to wake itself up and do things. It does it all the time. But people are usually around, and so Dr. Edwin doesn't hear it. Until you see the photocopy with the handprint on it or something. No, it does it all the time, Dr. Okay, Edwin. I'm just saying ghosts are abounding. This is haunted building time. No. So, I find that very scary. What scares you? <laughs> it, that is what terrifies you? <laughs> yes. Some days. Hmm. All right. So, we want to get started on this episode because we will spiral into ridiculousness. It's already happening. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about some scary things before we get into some spooky stories. Mm -hmm. So, what truly scares you? That is the question of the day. Yes, and mine is not supernatural. Okay. So I was. This came up because Doctor Ed and I. I was re looking for a story, and I was reading something, and it was in a cave, and I was going, no, 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 because, and I think it started as a youth, having read Poe's The Cask of Amontillado. Oh yes. But it's being in dark spaces, alone, and I can't get out. So the idea of like, I'm in a cave and I'm never going to be able to get out, right? I'm lost forever. Or, you know, being bricked up into that kind of tiny room, which he does with his alleged friend Yes. in the Poe story. Or the movie Gravity terrified me. I did not see it. So Gravity has um, Sandra Bullock and uh, Handsome Man, George Clooney. Okay. Um, and basically they're in space and some space debris comes and they get separated from the station um, and they're out in space and 
Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the film Gravity. Whoop, 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 spoiler whoop. alert. That's the official spoiler alert sound of this podcast. Yeah, and just jump ahead about 10 seconds. Um, George Clooney ends up having to be separated and floats off into space and will never be found. Well, Terrifying. Well, Terrifying. That does not bother me. I could use the piece. No, because you're going to die and you're all alone and it's dark and you're going to either just have to starve to death or off yourself. And I don't like those options. That's fair. I would probably just poop myself to death. I'm sorry. Your expression is amazing. Well, because you're taking one of my terrors and being like, I would just. (laughs) I was going to use a word, but I won't use it now. Um. I am sorry. I have totally minimized your fears. But it's scary. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm sure it would if I was actually in well, okay, the circumstance. Okay, it's going to scare everybody if it actually happened. But I'm saying the idea of that gives me anxiety. <laughs> no, something that does truly scare me that I do not like at all, yet I still search for them on the interwebs, is creepy security cam footage. Um, like people who have those ring nest doorbells and you get the footage of people who come up to them and like do creepy things and like look at them and um, that bothers me that's disturbing I don't like real people that's my problem the most terrifying thing in the world are humans and um, especially ones that want to do other humans harm so I do not like that that stuff scares me and I think in our very first podcast we talked about when I was a little kid like I used to walk down the street and think about what if someone's hiding in the back seat of that car and they're going to open the car door and grab me and that'll be the end of my days that scares me um, a little bit to this day um, I worry about um, when I go on walks I worry about people jumping out and grabbing me so I carry Mr. Stabby so a little box cutter knife <laughs> that I carry with me it's terrifying sometimes. No, but I do understand because there are fears that are both rational and irrational at this kind of at the same time. Yes. Because is it likely that's going to happen to you? No. Could it? Technically, yes. Yes. Probability is low, but. Like, for example, I don't like driving over bridges. I do it all the time, but I don't like to. Um, bridges over water. Because I imagine what happens if my car goes off the water and I'm stuck <laughs> in my car. Like, what do you do? What do you do, Ed? <laughs> What do you do? I don't know why you're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. Because how do you get out, man? Everything's electric now. (laughs) Well, part of it is, I guess, I mean, I guess there's bridges over lots of things, but specifically bridges over water struck me as. Well, because if I fly off of the interstate and I hit, like, go boom, I'm going to die. I, I don't have time to worry. But if I'm in the water and the car has taken the impact, right. I'm in the water. And i got to figure out, as the water's coming in, how I'm going to get out. And then, because everything's freaking electric, you know, the window's not right. going to work. And so then i got to figure out how to, like, and you know, of course, that's going to be the time that your seatbelt jams. <laughs> so you got to get your seatbelt off, and then you got to wiggle out of the car. So, yes, I do have one of those um, window guns. Have you seen those? Oh, the things that will bust out a window? Yes. And it has a seatbelt slasher. Oh, wow. So, so, your own version of Mr. Savvy. Mr. Slashy. Yes, except it's not going to do any damage to you if you're just a person. Right. It just basically does a pinpoint to the window, which helps the window crack. Yes. That's fair. Well, I mean, again, and again, fear is a totally reasonable response. Fear is an evolutionary lifesaver. Yeah, which is why I can't watch the movie The Descent, by the way. Oh, going into the caves? <laughs> Doing 
Doing some spelunking. I'll go into a nice, well-established cave that's pretty wide open. Because I like caves in that right. way. They're usually lit. I walk down. Um, I just have to squeeze occasionally through a tighter spot. But, but like, they're open. So this isn't general claustrophobia? No, 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 no. I don't really experience much in regards to claustrophobia. It's the idea that I, I will never get out. Like, I'm going right. to die there. Right. Right, and you're in the darkness, etc. Right. Um, so, no, like, I don't really tr- really get claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure I would if, you know, it was dire enough or scary enough. Sure. But, you know, I don't like heights particularly, but. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I do get spooked out by some spooky things. Like, again, I think, like, we're going to do it one of these days. We are actually going to go on a live ghost hunt. So if anyone wants to throw pennies our way to support a live ghost hunt from this we podcast. Might, we might need dollars for that. <laughs> I believe that we set the bar low because we have millions of listeners. Oh, (laughs) and if we if they throw pennies at us, we'll easily make our goal of what eighty bucks a person, whatever it is. Um, But no, I think that I would be a very bad ghost hunter because I am very much like Shaggy, um, who is constantly creeped out by things um, that go bump in the night. You said that all of a sudden. Started singing. It wasn't me. Sorry, banging on the counter. It wasn't me. I don't know what's happening. You've never heard the song. It wasn't me. I probably have, but I don't know. I'm I'm sorry, listeners, but um, we're feeling crunchy today. Doctor Heaven is having a bit of a, a bit of a moment because it's an absurd song. We're basically Shaggy the protagonist i suppose in the song that's the name of the singer oh okay see i did not know um, basically gets caught treating on his girlfriend in every way possible and she keeps seeing him and his friend is like just say it wasn't you oh. so he's like saw me on the counter it wasn't me oh, well there you go Sammy, blah, 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 blah. it wasn't me i did not know that Um, Another thing that does kind of scare me is, like, the ocean as a force of nature scares me quite a bit. Well, Um, we know what scares me in the ocean. Yes. She loves herself some... Cephalopods. Cephalopods, which are, for those of us who aren't biology peoples... Octopuses and squid. And cuttlefish, though, those don't bother me quite as much. Well, you know, cuttlefishes are actually really cuttlefishes. Bring them close. You hug them. Like an octopus, they've got all those arms. Stop it. I'm just saying. They are frightening and terrifying. Smart and snuggly. Things that live in the ocean shouldn't have beaks, and they shouldn't exist as non-Antonian liquids. Uh, yes. If it fights a whale, there's a problem. If it can take a shark down by yanking it and snapping it in half, as octopuses can, I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. See, I think that's amazing. And, of course, you know now probably some listeners are going to send you an octopus in some form. Uh, um, yes. uh, in we, that case. We fully embrace those sorts of no. activities. No, we do not. Yes. yes no, we, we do. do not. I do. You you enjoy pranks and harassing other people. I don't. But if it comes back to you, sir, you get very upset. Oh, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I own that fact. I do not like to be pranked. I like watching other people get nicely pranked that are not harmful. I don't like seeing people get hurt. I don't like people... Like getting tripped. Obviously, there's always a giggle factor when you see a little kid run into a glass door. It makes me laugh every time. I don't know. 
All right, he's going to have to compose himself. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it I is. I don't either. Just, you know, just like, doop, 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 bam, snacks into the door. It's funny. I do it all the time. It's hilarious. I laugh at myself. Anyway, we're talking about the ocean, things that are in the ocean. Is it because you can't, it's too deep, you can't see it? Or are you no, talking like, like tsunamis? Just so like, all like tsunamis. That is a, a, a fear I have. So I often go camping on the coast in Oregon. And of course, there is the Cascadia subduction zone. And it's a major fault line um, off the coast of Oregon, Washington, Alaska, all part of that ring of fire stuff that you learn about in grade school. And, um, you know, I do worry that, A, there's going to be earthquake and that it's going to trigger a tsunami and I'm going to be camping and I won't hear the siren or I won't be able to get out. That is an unreasonable fear. Boats, I don't get, I'm not afraid on boats, but I do think that there are so many things in the ocean that are terrifying that I don't know. And although interesting, cephalopods are not one of those things I find terrifying. Mm-hmm. I find sharks more terrifying than a cephalopod. Yeah. Killer whales, okay, I've seen them. Dolphins are terrifying. Because they are mean. Okay, first of all, only if they want to. Um, never mind. I yes, use that anyway. <laughs> um, but there are scary things out there. So I do want to actually transition into our first story. Okay. If that is okay. Yes, so this do. is a Halloween episode. We should talk about some scary stories. And some um, of these might are allegedly real, some of them are totally made up. Yes. Um, and that is okay, yeah, too. Yeah, it's Halloween. Let's get uh, spooky. Oh, actually, what really scares me is Dear David. Dear David terrifies me. And that's interesting because Dear David did not creep me out in the slightest. So if you don't know, Dear David is a series of stories basically told by this person who is, I forget exactly, letters or I don't know. No, it's like tweets. He was tweeting. Yeah. It. Yes, yes. So there's, if you can look, you can look up online. Dear David, yeah, it's everywhere. Yes, they're actually going to make a movie out of it, I believe now, um. too. Um which, yeah, dear David didn't, but and like I don't think you're gonna find one of our stories all that right. creepy, but it scares me. Right. Okay, so uh, this is a uh, story that was sent to us by a listener. So thank you very much, thank listener. You, listener. It's much appreciated. Uh, we would have mind the other stories you sent us, but you sent us photos, and the photos were a little bit blurry, so I can't read them because I have to read them off my phone. But the first one I can, and so he sent um, this to me. And I want to share this story with you. So, when the ghosts of people who have died at sea transform into vengeful spirits, they become a particular type of ghost called a funuyuri. I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's yes, Japanese. Sorry. sorry, Japanese listeners. It's in o- Japanese in origin. But these are the shades of drowned sailors which remain in this world hunting for their former friends and comrades to take them down into the sea. Like many ghosts, funerari appear as dead bodies wearing white funerary robes. They can be seen either at night, when the moon is new or full, or particular stormy or foggy nights, or during the festival of Oban. Funuyure appear as an eerie, luminescent mist which gets closer and closer until it forms into a ship with a ghostly crew. Funuyuri ghost ships, I pronounced it that like five different times now. You have. Differently. Yes. But that's okay. Uh, Funuyuri ghost ships attack in different ways. Sometimes they charge headlong towards the other ship, causing it to steer away so sharply that it capsizes. Other times they pull alongside the other ship and the ghostly crew tries to drag it under the water. The ghosts themselves carry large ladles and buckets, which they use to fill the ships with seawater, 
sinking the ships and adding more souls to the Funayari crew. So that's a ghost story. But in addition to the story that was sent, there was a, a, a comment. So this came from, I believe it came from 4chan, a comment on the thread. And the comment simply said this. Sorry, but I can't help but laugh at this scene. It feels like something out of a Looney Tunes short. I can't stop imagining Bugs Bunny or Tom just trying to sink a ship by scooping up water bucket by bucket. So it is kind of amusing if you actually think of the image of these ghosts <laughs> dumping water <laughs> onto the boat. But it is creepy. And again, of course, the ocean harbors many, many deep mysteries. And when the fog does settle in and you can't see anything... It is hard. Obviously, we know there's lots of haunting legends about lighthouses, um, you know, ships that have crashed on the, on the shores and sank. There's ghost ships that we have been reported all up and down the coasts of the United States. So, Well, the true story about, I can't remember which lighthouse it is, but basically everybody at the lighthouse disappeared. And they genuinely have no idea what uh, happened. That was to them. in Scotland, right? Up in the North Islands of Scotland. I don't know. It was someplace that the. Uh, I don't remember where it was, but it was someplace like that where basically it's a small island with a lighthouse, and one day everyone disappeared. Yeah, so um, that story, if I'm remembering it correctly, so there's a lighthouse, I believe it's up in the Scottish Isles, um, and these lighthouse um, keepers, there was, I think, Five of them? Yeah, it was some it was a it was not an insignificant number. I think it's five. And again, they regularly have to report in via telegraph, I think. This was back in the day. This was a while ago. Yeah. And um one day they just stopped and 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 because the, there were ships coming and it was it's like a very rocky shore, and so they right. really need the lighthouse. So anyway, they went to investigate and they basically found no one there. Everyone just disappeared. They found all the clothes. I think they found like food that someone was eating or something. So there's there's all sorts of theories that they went collectively mad because it's so isolated. There was a theory that there was a storm that happened and they all got kind of yoinked out, you know, yeeted well, because, out to the ocean. <laughs> because there was evidence of like somebody had tried to like rescue someone, like there were ropes right. heading toward the sea. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So So yeah, there's lots of creepy things. We'll probably do an episode in the future about creepy ocean stuff. Yeah, because there's also a really good, um, re the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Like the real, you know, the original Unsolved Mysteries has true crime, but also has like um, supernatural stories occasionally. And there was a very genuinely moving episode about um, the ghosts of tsunamis mm -hmm. and like walking around and like they have a name and I'm sorry, I don't remember what it was, but it was a really um, interesting episode because it had to do with... Um, Essentially, like, you know, Japanese ideas about ghosts and ancestors and all those sorts of right. things. And it was really it was really interesting. Hmm. Another thing that's kind of scary that's not the ocean is I do worry sometimes about waking up and finding someone in the room with me. Mm. That is a weird thing. So Maybe that's why Dear David scares you so much. Yes, that very much could be. So my mom has a story that she's told us, and I'm probably not going to tell it correctly. So she will probably correct me at some point in <laughs> the future. But she told a story of about this time she woke up and there was a, like a head, a face floating above her face. And she knew that she was awake. She could tell that, you know, she, her husband was asleep next to her. And it was this horrible, twisted man's face. I think it was laughing, although I didn't think she could hear it, but it looked like it. Something like that. That would probably creep me out quite a bit. Just the notion of waking up and 
someone is in the room with you. Mostly it'd be terrifying because I'm single and that would be so surprising that there was anyone in the room with me <laughs> at any given time. That... Well, I, and that sounds to me like the um, dream paralysis. Uh, like uh, it happens where basically when you're asleep, your body basically releases some hormones to help keep you from getting up and walking. Yes, it's like a paralysis. Yeah, so you're not totally paralyzed because you can move. Right. Um, but sometimes your brain has started to wake up in some ways, but in other ways it's not waking up. And so you'll see, like, the people talk about it, um, like seeing things over them or seeing something at the foot of their bed, and it's because your brain hasn't separated itself from the dreams. Yes, I did listen to a an episode of This American Life. Shout out to a very good show on uh, public radio. Uh, it was called Can't Sleep. And so, like, it was basically about why some people have trouble sleeping. And it was a story, one of the three stories that was told was the story of a comic, um, a stand-up comedian who who has that problem where his body doesn't produce that chemical. Mm-hmm. And so he will often um, wake up while he's in the middle of actually acting out what he's dreaming. Yeah. And so he told the story this time he was staying at a hotel. And it's Mike Birbiglia, just after Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you. Uh, a hotel in Ellensburg, Washington, where he was having a dream that these terrorists were um, in the room and he had to escape from the terrorists. And he actually literally, while asleep, got up and jumped out of the hotel window. Yep. Right? Crashed through the window, that sort of thing. So that's a little scary. But again, the thought of someone being in my room. Um, and then I guess, you know, that same sort of fear, right? Maybe we all have this. Um, I do on occasion, if I let my brain wander, right? Sometimes have that fear of when I open the shower curtain after a shower, someone is going to be standing there, um, which creeps me out. It's sort of the whole psycho fear of someone in there. Oh, actually, that's a good story. Here's a funny, scary story. So in my hotel apartment, um, we have a pool and the pool is Your kind hotel of... hotel apartment? Sorry. I don't live in a hotel. I'm not that fancy. Oh, okay. No, I'm genuinely confused. <laughs> um, my apartment. My hotel apartment. <laughs> in my apartment... We have a pool, and um, the pool sort of sits, it's raised up, and it's in its own room, and then it's around it is the walking track, and so you can hear stuff outside, but you can't see anything because you're in the pool room, right? And there's windows and stuff, and so it was Halloween, it was the first Halloween I'd lived in the building, it's an old building um, that's been repurposed, but... I was swimming, which is me doing the backstroke because that's the only type of swim I know how to do. And I could hear all these like, noises, but they're muffled in the water because my head's in the water sometimes and it's just kind of weird. And then I'm on my back and I'm like, okay. And then my brain just goes, you're going to get to the end of the pool and you're going to look up and you're going to see someone with some implement of destruction ready to kill you. I create little horror movies in my mind all the time. And so I stopped swimming and I went to my uh, room and uh, or my apartment. I think I live in a hotel. I don't know because I've been to your apartment. It's not a hotel. (laughs) No. It's perfect. It's lovely, but it's not a hotel. (laughs) Not a hotel. Um, um, But anyway, yeah, that's that that story. So (laughs) it was terrifying, though. I do creep myself out a lot. Mm. Most of my fears are not rational because they're all just ones I make up in my mind at the moment based on the circumstances. I think lots of people do that, though. Yes. So uh, what else we got? Um, so I was actually telling Dr. Edwin earlier, I was asking him like what his favorite scary story was when he was a kid, to which he responded, none. <laughs> because as you probably picked up from various tales from Dr. Edwin, um, he didn't like scary stuff as a youth. No, 
No. And I don't really like scary stuff now. I like the idea of being scared. I don't actually like being scared. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, like a lot of stuff that's scary. I don't remember being scared, but I liked the stories. Right. So, you know, I love the book Manicula, which of course is about a bunny sucking the life out of carrots. But yes. Still adorable. Yes. And I was telling him about, um, so do you remember the st- story series, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Uh, I remember it. I'm not familiar with it, though. I was never part of that. Right. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Um, there was another kind of like playing off of the popularity of those kinds of things. One called In a Dark, Dark Room. Right. Which had a series of stories. Within that was my favorite, which was The Girl with the Green Ribbon. And this is a common urban legend. It has, it's been around for a long time. Um, but in this story, it was for kids. Right, so basically, a boy meets a girl, and she always wears a, red, a green ribbon around her neck. Aww. Um, and throughout the story, they basically get married, etc. And then they're on; she's on her deathbed. Oh, sad. Well, she's old. Okay. And uh, basically, he was like, you know, the one thing she asked him was to never ask about the ribbon and never take the ribbon off, um, which he abided by because he loved her. So on her deathbed, she said, "You can take the ribbon off." So he takes the ribbon off. The last line of the book is, and Jenny's head fell off, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> but basically, like, it's a it's a various urban legend, right, that she's got something, she got a choker on or something, and then you take it off and her head falls off. Yeah. The zipper is problematic. Oh, <laughs> Never God. unzip my neck zip. There's no zipper. Although I do think, you know, related to that, uh, one of the things, the thing that probably scared me, the most as a little kid and so again it's crazy because this this cartoon still has spooking power even today um you can still see it on disney plus but it was a 1948 um legend of sleepy hollow i think it's 49 48 or 49 Um, okay i'm a historian sorry i'm getting annoying yes yes but freaking love (laughs) freaking love the legend of sleepy hollow it terrified me um, and the crazy thing is, of course, I've, I've have since read and then also listened to the audiobook um, by Hawthorne and most of the book. Is it Hawthorne? No. I thought it was Nathaniel Hawthorne. No, 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 no. It's, um. Oh, Washington Irving. Irving. Yeah. Sorry. I'm an idiot. No. I'm also not an English professor, so I just make stuff up. I went to Montana State. Make stuff up. That's not true. My friend's from Montana State. You don't make stuff up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Anyway, so Washington Irving's books, apologies to um, the late Mr. Irving, uh, is mostly um, a descriptive sort of narrative of life in the upper Hudson Valley in New York, right? And you don't actually get any spooks until the very tail end of the story. And if you watch the cartoon, right, it's really only the last six minutes or so that has any sort of scary at all. Yeah, most of it is just about this man who is awkward and lanky and tall and loves a girl. Yeah, well, loves her father's farm. Um, he likes the girl. Uh, yes, I think, but the, the at least this telling in the story, you know, he's very much also looking for a meal ticket, you know. So Ava, right? That was the woman's name? Katrina. Katrina. I'm thinking Ava Braun. I don't know why. That's a very different uh, love story. <laughs> yes. For those of you who don't know, that was Adolf Hitler's mistress. <laughs> Wasn't she also a cousin? 
I don't know. I don't think we're going to go off in this no, direction. No, I'm sorry. But yes, her name was Katrina. Katrina. At least in the... Well, Wrong, in but the it was... Tim no. Burton film. I don't know in the... No, I think it is Katrina. And then her other series was Brom Bones, right? Yes. Okay. Because, um, yeah, it was Katrina Van... Von Trapp? <laughs> something like Helsing. that. Not Helsing. <laughs> I think it's Von Trapp, honestly, but... Katrina. Okay. So, anyway, but her dad was quite wealthy, so he, yeah. you know, he was attracted to at least the way the cartoon portrayed Well, because it. she was bookish, too. They were both bookish. That's not how the cartoon portrayed it. I remember her being bookish because no, she's, she's reading a book. She's very coquettish. But she's reading a book. Uh, well, lots you of... You can be a coquette and read books, Lots man. of people read books. I don't recall that being the, 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 the signal point of the narrative. Um, I remember her making a big point about... The food and her father's farm and, you know. Yeah, because he was. Wealthy. Yeah. Anyway, um, that terrified me. That the, you know, the scene where the Headless Horseman finally comes out and that scene, you can, I can see it so mm-hmm. it's ingrained in my mind where he rears up on the horse, right? And he's got the flaming pumpkin yeah. and no head, right? And then, you know, it's still even now, kind of when I watch it, it still puts me on edge a little bit. Not like I'm terrified, scared, but I'm like, I still get caught up in that moment. Although if you watch the cartoon, which you absolutely should if you haven't seen it's it. It's delightful. Um, Ichabod's horse is hilarious <laughs> in the show. It is so funny. I think it's actually in The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad or something yes. like that. Okay. Yeah, they have the, it's a two-part yeah. thing. It's narrated by Bing Crosby. Um, Bing Crosby does one, I think, he does well. He doesn't. Cause, yeah, because he's singing a little bit. Yes, in he Ichabod does in, in in Sleepy Hollow, right? The Ichabod Crane one. We were both going Ichabod, Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Yeah, and um, but I think the other one is narrated by like Basil Rathborn or someone else, some yeah, I don't British know. dude. But anyway, um, <laughs> some, long some story Brit. short, but that that's actually that's a trope of something that has remained spooky to me because even the Scooby Doo with the headless horseman that scares me. Do you like right. the Tim Burton one, Sleepy Hollow? Um, I do enjoy the film. Uh, but again, you know, Tim Burton does a good job. I'm, you know, I used to like Christina Ricci a lot more than I do now. I think that she over horrorized it, horrorized it. I don't know. I just how could she hor- over horrorize it? I don't know. It? I have. I have. She's an actress in someone else's film. I have feelings. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not feelings for Christina Ricci. I just have feelings about her role in that movie. Um, and I think a lot of it is because she got she was so typecast now after Adam's Family and in in that venue i don't know again i have thoughts and opinions hmm. and they're strong apparently yes. so uh how about another story okay so i was also telling dr ed about how um there are really good ghost stories from places like japan and i don't think there are any scarier necessarily than say american urban legends etc it's just ones that we're not as familiar with i don't know i think um uh, I think the Japanese stories are actually really scary. So most of these, not most, many of the famous American horror films that we classify as super scary, like The Grudge or The Ring, are Japanese stories. They're actually original Japanese films, I believe. Yeah, but they're also usually not listed on like the top of sure. scary American. Sure. But I'm talking actually like urban legends. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to tell quickly two. Okay. Um, one is the tale of Akamanto. Um, which means red cloak. Okay. So basically, and again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing things. Uh, so this story is a male spirit who haunts women's restrooms, which is 
odd in and of itself. Well, it probably confirms all sorts of conservative fears, so okay. <laughs> um, and specifically, he wears a red cloak and a mask. Okay. And apparently... Wait, it's a ghost. A spirit of some a kind. A spirit. Why would they wear a mask? It's part of the thing. <laughs> it's theme-based. I get it. Okay. Well, and also, there's a lot of cultural significance to mask wearing, etc., in okay. Japanese culture. Okay. okay. So, um, anyway, he often hangs out, apparently, in the last stall, so I don't know why anyone would go in the last stall. The last stall, actually, there was a scientific study. Sorry to keep interrupting the story. Oh, jeez. There was a scientific study about um, bathroom stall choice and how it sort of how people were trying to make rational decisions about which stall to use. And so, the irony is, is most people choose to use the last bathroom stall because they believe because it's furthest away, it is least likely to be used. But what then empirically the study found is that that's the one that got the most use because people were thinking it was the least used. Oh, because in most restrooms, that's often the handicap accessible yeah. stall. That might be another variable that's not included in the study. I always choose the first one or whichever one is open because <laughs> I don't care because guess what I do? I wash my hands. In the, what? After you're oh, done uh, using the <laughs> restroom. <laughs> my God. What I just th- had this image of you walking into the stall Plunging your hands into the toilet because I wash my hands. I don't care what stall I use because I wash my hands. Yeah, because when I'm done using I, it, I, I, I walk out of the stall and then I wash my hands. I understand now. And then generally now, because we're in a panorama, I get to my office and then I use a hand sanitizer. A panorama ding dong. <laughs> and then I use hand sanitizer. Okay. Okay, anyway. Back to the story. So, Akamanto, okay, is hanging out in the stalls. And then, um, basically, Akamanto forces... Whoever's there to choose red paper or blue paper. So does the person see them? Yeah. Okay. So they're in the stall with them. Yes. Okay. And if you choose the red option, Akamanto will murder you through some form of um, flaying or stabbing. Okay. Um, If you choose the blue option, you will be strangled. So you die either way? No. Because you... Can pick. Sometimes in his tail, he off, he also offers yellow, and if you take yellow, you get um, pulled into the afterlife. Okay. But like into the bad part. Okay. But if you ignore the spirit, reject the options, and escape the bathroom, then you'll live. I mean, it sounds an awful lot like cake or death. <laughs> would you like red paper, which means I get to flay you or stab you, or would you like blue people, pay people, people paper, wow. blue paper, and I will strangle you? <laughs> I just I feel like I feel like. I feel like this dude's not really giving you two options. Well, yeah, but that's kind of... A lot of Japanese urban legends have to do, and I don't know why, somebody who is much more familiar with Japanese culture would have to answer this, but a right. lot of them have to do with you have two bad choices. Sounds like my life. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, because the other one that I want to talk about is Kuchisaki Ona. Okay? And she is an Onryo, uh, um, which is basically a bad spirit. Okay. Um, and she is basically like this tailor. She's kind of like in a white gown and she's got the long black kind of stringy hair that kind of covers her face a little bit. So like the ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, except not a child. Okay. Like in the ring. Anyway, so you'll come across her. You'll be walking somewhere. You'll come across her and, um, she'll stop you and she's got something sharp in her hand, like scissors or a knife or something. And she'll ask if she's pretty. And if you say no, she'll kill you immediately. If you say yes, she'll pull back her hair to reveal 
that she's cut the corners of her mouth from the corners all the way to her ears. Gross. Now, who did that to her? We don't know. Right? Because, again, this is this is a spirit. It's not a ghost. Right. If that makes sense. If, yes. if I'm understanding. Um, and if she'll ask again, am I pretty? Or something along those lines. And if they scream because they're scared, she'll kill them. Um, if you say, yes, you're pretty, she'll cut your mouth from corner to ear. Um, and if you say, no, she'll kill you. And if you attempt to flee, um, sometimes you'll survive, but sometimes you won't. But what you should do, apparently, if Kuchisaki Ona comes to talk to you, is to try and say, you're average looking, because that throws her off. Give her money or hard candy. Hard candy. <laughs> Specifically, the traditional Japanese variety, Beko Ame. And this one also says, or saying the word pomade three times. I don't understand why. Because hmm. it's like, I don't know if you're telling her like she needs to do her hair. <laughs> um, but again, I just, the idea of like walking, you see, A, because I've been trained for horror films. Right. Because I do like K-horror, so Korean horror and Japanese horror. Right. And so many of them kind of play on that trope of, you know, the the woman with the long dark hair sort of in her face, et cetera. And so you come across her. And the thing is, like, you don't have a good option. Right. In both of those stories, there's not a great option unless you've heard this tale and know what to do. Right. I wonder why that is. I wonder why Japanese stories rely on that rope. That's a very interesting thing. Maybe a listener can tell us about it. Yeah, and but, also a lot of them have to do with um, institutions. Right. So a lot of them surround like schools. Yes. That sort of thing. Yes. So um, so because it's Halloween, we don't want to take up too much of your time because you're going to be trick-or-treating. Yes, and, and you should be watching some scary films. Yes, things like Adam's Family and Adam's Family Value. Wow, Halloween that's... Town. Oh, man, buddy. Halloween Town 2. I've never seen Halloween Town. Halloween Town High. Halloween Town 3, Calabar's Revenge. Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values are delightful, but not horror. True. So I just recommend you watch a classic. Watch Halloween. Watch Dracula. You can watch, yeah, you can watch not Dracula. Not Bram Stoker's Dracula. Not, not Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Terrible movie. Hate it. Anyway, I have one more story for you. Okay. You ready? I'm not ready. Because I know what it is. All right. So this is a story that Dr. Evan absolutely hates. Hate because it's, it, it scares me. Because it's scary to her. Here we go. About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the United States. I've always been a night person, so I'd often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug, drug dealers in the city were polite. But all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday, <laughs> somewhere between one and two in the morning, and I was walking near a police patrol park quite a ways from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. <laughs> At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man, dancing. 
It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance-walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. (laughs) Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. I Sorry, I just lost my place. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward, smile still on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about a half block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, though, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved. Until I noticed him. (laughs) He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain that he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than ten seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time, staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps, as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen as a smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to my mind. What I meant to ask was, what the blank do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. What came out uh, was a whimper. (laughs) What the fuck? Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned away, very slowly, and started dance-walking away. Just like that. Not wanting to turn my back on him again, I just watched him go, until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way. And this time, he was running. (laughs) I ran too. I ran until I was off the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. 
The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile. But he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night and never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. I don't like it. Why? Because it's like... Just the idea that somebody is moving weirdly and grinning and like, why are you smiling? What are you planning? And then it's like the weird movements and the, like, I'm going to come run after you. I just don't like it. Yes. Don't care for it. Well, there is that story of the whistling man where someone just hears someone whistling all the time. Are you not familiar with that? Oh, I'll share it with you. We'll maybe talk about it in the podcast, but it's pretty creepy. And again, for me, that's part of that whole thing, the stranger intercepting you. Um, It's that notion, I'm sure we've all had it, where we're walking and we feel someone behind us and so we start to walk faster and then they start to walk faster and that sort of creepy sensation. Yeah. So. Our fight or flight starting to kick in. Yes, it is uh, terrifying. If only more people in horror movies actually had that fight or flight thing. Let's go hide where all the chainsaws are. Well, and what's this is where I'm getting a little. Um, so it's not that nobody does that anymore, but Scream basically lambasted, you know, in a fun way, that sort of idea in horror movies. And so what you'll notice now is that teens in horror movies are a little bit smarter. Yes. Largely because, again, like that trope got so tired. Um, but it's starting to come back a little bit. Well, I mean, growing up in the 70s watching Scooby-Doo, I mean, it's like Fred and Daphne, hey, we're going to go check out the Motel 6. Why don't you guys go check out the graveyard, right? It's just that total nonsense that they want to kill Shaggy and Scooby and Velma. I have some issues. Actually, that just kind of manifested oh, in my I'm, mind. Oh, well, wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, they should have been taking out. They should have been taking out Scrappy-Doo because he's garbage. Pay attention to a previous episode. You'll know why. Okay, so first of all, calm down. He's no. not in most of them. Oh, he's so bad. But I'm saying he's not in most of them. I know. He should have been. Okay, but he was. He should not he's have no been. He's no longer. <laughs> he should not have been in okay, any of them. Okay, just. Okay. You can't change the past. It's happened. If I could turn back time, I would kill Scrappy-Doo. I like that that's what you do. Yes. Like with your ability to time travel, you're like, what would I do? I'm going to go talk to the artist and be like, this failed on Brady Bunch and every other series except for the Cosby show where you've done this. So stop it. You know, I don't know. I feel like I have a greater impact that way. Anyway. I don't think so, but are you is. watching Are you watching any spookies this weekend, Dr. Ed? I don't know. Um, again, it will very much depend on uh, time, place, and manner, kind of how I feel. I did just watch... Um, uh, uh, Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. which was very, very good. Um, we won't talk about it because it's still relatively new, so lots of people probably haven't seen it. But and, not particularly scary. Um, I think it was very good because there was a growing sense of dread the entire time. So horror in the more traditional sense. Yes. Uh, more of more terror. So I once read um, that there's a distinction between horror and terror. Uh-huh. And terror is, again, that sense of unease, creeping... Kind of like, you know, things are not all right. So you get a lot of terror feelings from dystopian visions, right? Just, you know, this is how things are not are supposed to be, but they're not that way. 
Horror is more that kind of gratuitous. So you walk by and someone takes their head off, right? That's horrifying as opposed to something's not right, that sense of dread and terror. Mm. Anyway, there's an interesting discussion to be had about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it feels very, I don't know why that made me think of Lovecraft. But. Yeah. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, the anti-Semitic lunatic. Um, and his <laughs> demonic cephalopods. Okay, yes. C- Cthulhu is terrifying <laughs> to me personally. Um, but also just like, because part of the whole thing about Lovecraft, like the eldritch horrors and all that, is this idea that it's so beyond human comprehension. Right. It's so f- horrifying, terrifying, whatever you want to say, that it drives you insane. Yes. But we have gone on. And it's Halloween. And I gotta go watch. I think this year I'm gonna do something wild. I watch, I do my 31 days of horror films. This year my goal was to watch 31 I had never seen. Um, I will have hit 29 I've never seen. But I think this weekend I might veer off of that a little bit because I always watch Halloween on Halloween. But I think what I might do is watch the original Halloween tonight and the follow up Halloween from 2018. Think with Jamie Lee Curtis again, right? Reprising her role as Laurie Strode, all right, which is really delightful and actually deals shockingly well with the idea of trauma. Okay, because she's out to get Michael Myers. There you go. So I think I might do that. All right. Well, make sure you have lots of candy for your kids if they come to your house, folks. Thank you, dear listeners. Thank you to our patrons, Apple Pie and the Captain. Thank you, thank you. And again, remember, if you want to throw quarters at us for um, Dying Mountain Dew, you're welcome to chuck quarters (laughs) at us. But mostly what we're appreciative of your time. We appreciate your spookies. And make sure you share with us anything you want us to talk about. And be sure to share us with your friends. Yes, please. You can email us at phcparanormal at gmail.com. Or send us a Facebook message. At (laughs) facebook.com. PhD Paranormal. On Facebook. So follow us on Facebook. That's where we post a lot of stuff. Yes. All right. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye, folks. Bye.